Welcome along to the Pineapple Podcast. I'm Anna Biles, a broadcaster of nearly 20 years and now Rural Affairs Specialist at Core Communications. In this podcast, I'll be meeting the people behind the Pineapple Estate in Dorset and finding out more about their journey through diversification. Having land is such a huge privilege and it's also a responsibility to to look after it for the next generation, not just for yourself, but for everyone. In this final episode, I'll be doing the farm walk with operations manager, Hannah. something new on the farm. Tell us a little bit about this and why you've decided to start it. Yeah so basically we wanted to give everyone the opportunity to walk around the farm and also learn a little bit more about it in terms of like what we're doing. So you don't just walk around and think ah this is just some grass. (laughs) You can actually see like why we're doing this and what we're thinking about doing in the future kind of thing. And also we want to learn more about what we have on the farm and increasingly it's becoming so important for us so we can adapt what we're doing to what we have on the farm already, like what kind of wildlife we already have. So it's a farm walk but it's also going to have a little bit of citizen science in there in terms of monitoring what you see when you're going for your walk around the farm which is quite nice. So we're at the start of the nature walk now and we're looking at a huge bank of solar panels. So this is all part of the estate's ethos in terms of being environmentally sustainable. Yeah, exactly. So we've got all of these solar panels here, but we've also got them on all of our warehouses. So it's really important for us to basically try and be as self-sufficient as possible. We do buy some of our energy in and we've actually just negotiated a new contract where it'll all be in renewable as well, what we do buy in, which is so important for us moving forward. So this is the start of the walk. Which way do we go from here? We call this a solar panel paddock. Um, but within that, you've also got lots of milk thistle, which is all of these big like shrub that are kind of growing so this is just some a piece of land that we've let to to kind of do its own thing and what we're gradually doing is introducing our own wildflowers into it so there's this little spot here that you can hardly see because the grass is so growing up so tall but this is our no dig area that we did with on a children's charity day last year and basically we repurposed cardboard from the business park from all of the manufacturing sites and we repurposed the food waste from from one of our food production sites to make compost And we laid it all down and then we covered it with cover crops with the kids, which was really fun. And we taught them about soil health and everything. And now we've taken out the cover crops and we've just put wildflower seeds in. And so hopefully we'll start seeing that through. So the idea is is that we'll have the milk thistles, but then there's also a lot more mix in this. And we've also put yellow rattle in because you can see that the grass is quite strong. And also there's lots of weeds in this area in terms of the stingy nettles. So we were kind of thought would introduce the wildflowers into this area and try and introduce it into the wider paddock, really. Is this what some people would call rewilding? Or do you not like to call it that? I mean, I guess you could call it rewilding. In my mind, I think of like Nep Estate, these grand estates where you're using lots of like mammals and hooved animals to kind of turn up the soil and do all of these things. And we aren't big enough to have that level um, because we've got a lane that goes through our farm so we can't rewild in terms of having the livestock here because they couldn't free range but I mean on a small scale yes I mean I guess it is we have a lot of insects and things and we've tried to introduce more or encourage more of the pollinators and there is aspects where we have like thistles or we have stingy nettles and we do leave them so thistles are actually really 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 good for butterflies and the like so even though it's hard you have to get out of that mentality of it being like oh this is a mess it's been instilled in us like we have to have these pristine farms and we're trying to kind of push the boundaries a little bit 
in our minds. So have a few more thistles and let them grow and just not let them take over everything, but still they have their space basically and you need them. You mentioned they're doing school visits last year and having children here to be involved. How important is that for you as an estate to invite other people here, not just the campers, not just the commercial tenants, but young children, the next generation, if you like, coming here and learning about soil and biodiversity? I think it's incredibly important, especially after COVID, really, when everyone was like stuck inside and they had all that aspect. And a lot of the kids were very much like very excited to be out in nature and like running around and kind of having that freedom aspect that we've kind of lacked I guess for the younger population I mean for them Covid was a really long time whereas for us it probably didn't seem as long but for them it's quite a large part of their lifespan yeah I think it's really important to introduce children to wildlife and see what they know I mean some of the children knew so much and it was really exciting and encouraging to see children loving nature but also just giving people the opportunity to be out in nature like that's why we're doing this farm walk is so the public can can walk around with their kids or whatever and and experience nature from a different side so I what one thing that I did see was that we did this um, wildflower treasure hunt and it was basically just lots of wildflowers and they had to go and find them and identify them and they won a prize at the end but how much it slowed them down you're walking slowly and you're looking and you're pausing and the impact that kind of had on them and the whole group in general and I feel like we as a society run the risk of living these really fast and hectic lives and trying to keep up with technology. I quite like the idea of just having this really small, simple farm walk where you do slow down and you do look at the different trees and you kind of notice the different types of grasses, these really, really small things that we all sometimes don't notice because we're too busy. So this is the solar meadow. Where do we go next on our walk? Let's have a look at the map. So this is our prototype one of map. Okay. It's being professionally designed. This is something that I've done. So it's going to look very beautiful once the professionals have got it. We've done one and two. We're going to go to three. So through the gate, Hannah, we've come through a lovely looking herd of cows, can hear the sheep and can really hear the birds here. Tell us about the field we're standing in now. So this is a field that we basically put into legumes, grasses and wildflowers last year. So even though it's like it's obviously spring, so there isn't lots of flowers about, but you can see all of the clover. So this is white and red clover, which is really beautiful. And it grows up so high. And there's also phacelia that comes out. Hopefully it will come out again this year. It's so pretty to see and all of the bumblebees and stuff land on it. So it's good to have a lay that's got lots of different varieties growing in and amongst it as opposed to just ryegrass really and when people come round here on the walk obviously they can totally appreciate how beautiful this is the views from down here are amazing as well in terms of wildlife what would you hope people see here a lot of pollinators is the plan that's what we want to encourage here so well basically we've got some bumblebee houses so for queen bumblebees houses over there which i'll show you in a second and we also have some solitary bee houses at the end it's basically getting as much variety as we can in as much wildlife that you can back into these fields so on our left we have three oak trees and that's something else that we're we're trying to get more of i think a lot of trees were taken out after the second world war as they did on many farms and so now we're, we're growing we're growing our own little oak saplings and so in the years to come hopefully we'll have trees it's such a nice thing to do every year you know you go out and you you pick up the acorns and and you plant them and after a few years you see them growing through and it's just a, it's it's really nice to know that I guess with a family business you do pass it on and 
it is the younger generations that have it and you, your dad and your mum or whatever have stories of their grandparents here and things. So when you're planting trees, you're quite like, oh, someone's going to enjoy this, you know? But actually, look at all the bluebells down here. Wow. We have like a wildlife group that basically tell us, they come and they survey this and they tell us about how we should manage it and right. what we shouldn't do to this patch. Basically just protecting it. These are our little bumblebee houses that we made with the children. All it is, is an old flower pot and you fill it up with um, soil and moss. And basically you put the moss at the bottom so it's next to the hole when you flip it over. And then the bumblebees will go in and hibernate there. It's really important to put them in a shaded place because otherwise basically what happened is the queen will go into hibernation. And then the, like on a sunny day in winter they'll warm up and think that, they, that it's summer and they'll right. come out. Um, so you want to put them somewhere a bit more shaded like here. And also we have some good trees around here that have good, good pollination and good feeding grounds for when they wake up. So that's kind of why we selected this, this spot. So, where next on the map? We are going to walk up and around here and then back up to the campsite and that's, that's the walk. So I suppose the beauty is, anyone who wants to come here to do this walk, you've got parking, you've now got a shop doing delicious Dorset coffee. Yeah, exactly. So part of this is footpath. And part of this is new footpath or permissive footpath that we're applying for. Okay. So to open up the farm more and to make it into a loop. Also, what I think is quite good is that as you go around, you also write down things that you see. Because we need to learn as well. Like what we would love is to have a really good understanding of what we have on the farm. So um, this is the citizen science part? Yes. Everyone's talking about baseline surveys and farming at the moment. So you need to have a baseline survey. You need to know all of the nature that you have. So anything that you do you can monitor the difference. That sounds fantastic. But who's going to go out 365 days of the year and monitor your moths, your butterflies, your caterpillars, your birds, all of these things? Mm. Because if you just did one day in August, let's say, that's probably not representative of everything that you have. So basically, it's part of this conversation of farmers wanting to build up a better understanding of what they have on the farm. We want to let people see the farm and experience it and hopefully hopefully learn something and be like cool this is why they're doing that but also they're also helping us in terms of giving us more information so we can better manage our land. So Hannah over the stile and we're nearly we've nearly done the entire loop back to the campsite and the business park what have we got in this paddock here? So this is one of our wildflower patches. So we've got about four, maybe a bit more on the farm at the moment, and we're planting more this spring. Um, so it's basically a mix of lots of different pollinator flowers, like oxeye daisies, uh, birdsfoot's trefoil, and um, yarrow. But you can see bits of odds and ends coming through, which is lovely. I love it when it gets all colourful, so you can just see them starting to come up now. You can also see that we've left some logs and trees and stuff to decay in the wildlife area which is where we're at at the moment because it's really good to get that wood breaking down back into the soil so you can basically you give the fungi some food to really feed on and break it down as opposed to the bacteria which is normally quite dominant in agricultural land. So then you mow these pathways through it is that so people at the campsite and then people who come to see the farm walk can enjoy this easily yeah exactly so we don't want to cut the whole thing if we do cut wildflower areas we cut them from the inside out to enable any um rodents or anything to run away and escape um but yeah it's lovely to have paths so you can take your dogs or whatever for a walk through without going through the long grass 
having land is such a huge privilege and it's also a responsibility to, to look after it for the next generation and not just for yourself but for everyone in terms of it's only a small farm but if we look after it and look after the wildlife here and everything that's going to help the greater environment around here you know we'll have cleaner water coming through into our streams we'll have cleaner air because we're cycling through we'll be capturing carbon we'll have more birds and there's this like factual scientific need for clean air and clean water to survive but also this need to have nature for our own like mental well-being in terms of you take your dog out for a walk and it's lovely to hear the birds sing or to feel connected to nature and I think it makes people feel a lot more grounded and peaceful. If you'd like to find out more about the Pineapple Estate here in Dorset, visit pineappleestate.co.uk.